Welcome back to another episode of Buffalo Happy Hour. Mike, what's going on? And Derek, we are back at our friends over at Addie's Fine Wine and Spirits. Um, I am back for this interview, so it's very exciting. Oh, yeah. Since last time I had to abandon you, so I apologize. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so obviously a shout-out to Addie's. Thank you again for hosting us and allowing us to use your tasting room. We greatly appreciate you and all that you do for the community and new brands. So we should probably start with introductions and titles, I suppose, if that's how you wanted to roll. And then uh, we'll dive into your story. Yeah, well, great. Cheers, boys, for having me. Delighted to be here, uh, sharing some whiskey. But my name's Tim Hurley. I'm founder and janitor and blender <laughs> and anything else that needs to be done at Lost Irish. Um, so Lost Irish is a very new whiskey. Just came out in the world in December. And because New York is the center of the world, that's where we started. There you go. Uh, but it is from Ireland. And I'll tell you a lot more about the liquid in a second. But, yeah, it's, it's a new... New Irish whiskey, and welcome to the inner circle of all things Lost Irish. That's awesome. Well, cheers, man. Thank you so much for being on. We appreciate it, and we're excited. This is awesome. So the term Lost Irish, the name of the company, how did that start? So I got very obsessed with Irish pubs. And and like back home, we just called them pubs, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. So, but growing up in Ireland, whenever you go on holidays with your family, you know, and we'd always explore, but I'd always end up going to an Irish pub uh, and I was really fascinated with, like, why are there Irish bars everywhere? Mm-hmm. You go to Italy, you go to France, you go even further afield. And it very quickly emerged to me, like, it's not the British pub, it's not the German beer hall. The French have their cafes, the Italians their restaurants. But the Irish pub is very much the world's favorite watering hole. And I got obsessed with this. So in a past career, I did 50 pubs in 30 days. Sorry, 50 states in 30 days looking for the best Irish pubs around America. So I did that. I uh, did a a pub book with friends of mine back home. And I went to some mad places like Mongolia, Nepal, going to different Irish pubs. And when I was doing this, I was like, there's some really cool stories here. And I don't know when, why exactly. I think I was in Mongolia, but I termed the phrase lost Irish. I was like, oh, it's this story of Irish people abroad. Mm. Like, Ireland's very much the world's biggest small country. There's 5 million at home, there's 70 million worldwide, 35 million in America. Like, we're very productive when we travel. <laughs> it's probably the, mm-hmm. uh, the message there. And I just had this name, Lost Irish. <laughs> and I was like, that would be a great name for a cocktail. Thankfully... I came up with a really shitty cocktail, um, <laughs> but I kept the name. And when I time came to to do my own Irish whiskey, um, I was like, "No, Lost Irish is the name, but really, it's the concept sure. as well." Um, and it's the story of every Irish bar abroad. It's the story of every Irish person abroad, and really, it's the story of any kind of wanderer, adventurer, or explorer. Like you go on Bumble, Tinder, whatever dating app. You always hear travel, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, really, and and it's tapping into that adventure spirit as well. So, so what would you say, just based off of the book and your travels, mm-hmm. what is the best or the most unique country or state that really 
encapsulates Irish pubs like to the best that you can imagine. Yeah, uh, there's uh, Florida is probably one of the weirdest in terms hmm. of the spectrum. Like, and I was at this brilliant place called uh, is like a beach pub, a beach bar meets an Irish bar, and you never see that like hmm. quiet, dark pub. But like the beer garden is like this hippies beach bar. And that's in Florida? That's in, yeah, Jacksonville, Florida. Wow. And then you have some really colorful places, like there's a Thatch pub in Tampa, a Thatch cottage. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Pub called Four Green Fields. And it just looks totally out of place. You have <laughs> Maguire's in Pensacola, which is this enormous restaurant with a dollar bill. You know the way you see dollar bills mm-hmm. on pubs? People will sign it. They have so many dollar bills in Maguire's that every year when they do their accounts, that they take a set square to take a sample. And there's something like 1.5 million really? worth of single dollar bills on on the ceilings and on the walls. So... You know. Oh my gosh. Imagine if it was a strip club. Right, yeah, really. <laughs> so what made you write the book in the first place? Just to capture all of your adventures? No, um, so my friends, I'm a co-author mm-hmm. on, uh, it's called From Barley to Blarney, A Whiskey Lover's Guide to Ireland. And it's my friends from the Dead Rabbit, Sean Muldoon and Jack McGarry, myself and them, and uh, uh, a writer, Connor Kelly, um, wanted to, we're always getting asked, listen, I'm going to Ireland mm-hmm. next week. Where do I need to go? And we thought this would make our lives a whole lot easier. Plus, we thought it'd be a really good trip and holiday at home to visit all these pubs. And we'd been doing that for research anyway, whether it's the guys who... Sure, uh, research. Yeah, well... <laughs> so the guy, if for anyone that hasn't been to Dead Rabbit in uh, Manhattan in New York, it is one of the world's best Irish pubs. It's an Irish pub meets top-end mixology. Mm. And it's three floors... Very tight, very cozy. First floor, it's very. It's called the tap room. It is a pub. You feel like you're walking into a pub in Belfast. And then the second floor is high-end cocktails that would have won world's best cocktail bar. Mm. And we'd be, I'd be going back to Ireland to visit distilleries. The guys would be going back to visit pubs. 
we'd meet each other at home the whole time and classic where the idea come from obviously it was in a bar and we were like we should do this and we all said it out loud and then maybe a few weeks later it's like we serious about this and how do we go about it and uh, a few years later we were able to put together this this book so 50 of the old school hidden gem pubs back home profiles of 31 distilleries there's now 40 plus distilleries in ireland but there's a really good background on on those 31 and then the dead rabbit being the dead rabbit there's also 12 uh, cocktails from jack mcgarry in the book as well Gotcha. Irish whiskey based cocktails Yeah, is it all throughout the country of Ireland or was it a specific spot oh all throughout the country you can't talk about and sell Ireland to it uh, if it's only about Dublin sure. so yeah um, we did a two month we did two one month tours of Ireland and we would have done a lot of research before that as well and we're from Ireland but we went to 111 pubs to do full on photo shoots and interviews and then we cut that down to, to 50. And we got to 40 pretty quickly. And then we fought forever on the final mm. 10. So, But did you go to Northern Ireland at all? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. So the two lads are from Belfast. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, so Belfast has a... I'm not going to say Belfast has a great representation because that implies that they got in there uh, using a handicap. No, Belfast <laughs> is well represented because the pubs there are brilliant. Sure. What's the dynamic between Ireland and Northern Ireland? Because you're closer to that border, right? Yeah, well, I live, or my family home is on the border uh, in the Republic of Ireland, but it depends on who you're chatting to. Like, uh, (laughs) there's people in Ireland that see Ireland as one, well, Ireland is an island, Mm -hmm. uh, one island, uh, depending on who you are, you might argue that it's one nation or two nations on that island. So, um, depending on what side of that argument, and it's not always about religion. In fact, I think today, uh, given Brexit and the European Union, it's very much away from the religion argument um, of Protestant and Catholic uh, dynamics. It, It never really was about that. It was whether it was to be reunited with Ireland or whether it was those that identified more being part of Great Britain mm-hmm. or if it was others that just wanted, there's no one, none of this. Sure, right, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic in terms of like growing up on the border and stuff like that. Yeah, it's always fascinating. I mean, I didn't know the difference. I mean, I know that there's obviously Northern and regular, but I don't know any of the, the history behind it. Yeah. Is, is that dynamic now more prevalent with the hatred for Great Britain? Uh, across the nation <laughs> well like we've always had a bit of a beef with Great Britain you know <laughs> and, and really the English so it's um, when you uh, occupy 25% of the planet through uh, invasion it's there's not there's not a lot to like about that right. so um, I think you can gather where my feelings yeah. are <laughs> I'm with you that's, so. that's incredible I love that so you grew up in that area is that do you have a facility where you're blending the whiskey? Is that in Ireland or is that stateside? Oh, yeah, it's in Ireland. Okay. Yeah, um, so, so start from the top on how this whole thing came about. Because you were a brand rep for a little bit, and then all of a sudden you're just like, nope, yeah, do my own thing. So my, my whiskey career um, began with a company called the Cooley Distillery. So they have, uh, at one point in Ireland, there was only two distilleries. And Cooley was the third that opened in uh, 1986. And like three distilleries in Ireland from the country that invented whiskeys, ridiculous. Like at one point we had 2,000 distilleries 
uh, and then we went down to two and then for a long time we had three in terms of our generation mm-hmm. today there's 40 which is great but a lot of those distilleries are so young that they don't have spirit old enough to be called whiskey sure. and that's going to change and you're getting uh, lots more interesting whiskies, different points of view on new styles of Irish whiskey. so it's really exciting and um, with me I started with Cooley, so I was working on Kilbegan, Connemara, Tyrconnell, and I that was me being very green and learning. Um, thankfully, they were very patient. And I went back to Ireland and worked with my dad's family business, which is an egg farm, totally unrelated. We'll do a separate <laughs> pod for that. Uh, and then the fine folks at Tullamore Jew uh, were looking for a US ambassador, and I raised my hand, not expecting to get it. And I did, and I spent nine and a half years building and representing Tullamore Jew all across the U.S. and building a brand ambassador program to to help the cause and spread the word and do cool events and meet bartenders, drinkers, and the like. And I had a really, really good run. Like I did some amazing things, like that fifty states in thirty days, looking for the best Irish pubs around America. I was on the Steve Harvey show. I did the world's biggest Irish coffee. I was sweet. also Toastmaster General for the world's shortest St. Patrick's Day parade and the world's biggest pub crawl, which was in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I've done amazing, amazing things. And it got to the point where I was like, I've done this. This has been best years of my life. But maybe I should do something different. And I've had this idea of... Well, I'd like to come out with my own whiskey. Um, but that was built on, there's a whiskey idea that I have that nobody's doing. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to bring that to the world. And I have a concept that I'd like to work on. And if I don't do it now, I never will. Mm-hmm. So that was when I decided, okay, I'm going to shake hands, thank everybody, but go do my own thing. So February 7, 2020, was my last day and what could go wrong (laughs) we sit here in 2022 there's a spoiler alert uh the world could end with a pandemic so i wasn't (laughs) expecting that i took that kind of personally you know a bit of universal (laughs) karma hitting me there but you know wasn't all directed at me but (laughs) or at all and it gave me a lot of time to work on two things the the packaging development uh, but also building this whiskey concept so like we've talked about lost irish like it's bigger than a whiskey and how it's a a way of life or how it's an attitude or how it exists in irish pubs but when it comes to this whiskey um there's three whiskey styles in ireland grain malt and pot still so grain for sweetness malt will give you that kind of fruity note uh, it's non-peated so no smoke and then pot still whiskey like a red breast or a mm-hmm. green spot creamy made texture like tons of spice to it mm-hmm. so i combined those three together but what's and that's the irish bit of lost irish but the last bit is i take casts from six continents uh, bring them back to ireland to do the maturation and finishing and which is really difficult to do during covid when you can't travel i bet so yeah six yeah. different countries yeah wow and it's and I always tell people 70% of a whiskey's flavor mm-hmm. comes from the barrels. And I'm also a believer in more is more. So the more barrels I can get, the more flavors mm-hmm. I can build in. And so the, the casts are bourbon from North America, sherry from Jerez in Spain, nothing unusual there. 
Uh, but there's also Australian Tony, South African Brandy, Colombian Jamaican Rum, and Japanese Mizanaro. Ooh. So bring them all to Ireland. It all, all three styles grow up in bourbon barrels. So all your grain, malt, and pot still grows up in bourbon barrels. Then I'll separate it out. Do a finish um, for the Japanese Mizanaro oak. It's 14 months because the barrels are bigger. Sure. It needs more time to get that uh, liquid to wood surface ratio right. So it just needs more time as a finish. And then the others will be typically six months or eight months. Uh, so the Australian Tony, South African Brandy, Colombian Jamaican Rum, and just waiting until they're ready to take on the flavor from each of them. And then I'll select different proportions from each of those barrels to come up with the final blend. So while each cask is contributing something different, it's designed to be blended together so that, you know, some of the, greater than the sum of its parts and it has a nice balance to it. It's... It sounds like it could be a very disjointed whiskey because there's that going on. Sure. There's this going on. But the idea is that the blend just brings it all together so that you get this uh, fruity-on-the-nose whiskey, friendly, sweet, but you'll get these spices, uh, rummy raisin notes in the finish as well. I was going to say, so you have this one bottle has all of those barrels in it. Yeah, uh, because when you taste this, this doesn't taste like a typical Irish whiskey. No, and I'm trying to figure out like that makes more sense now. Where in the world are the barrels coming from in Australia? Like north, south, east, west? Yeah, it's a Victoria area, so it's um, because it, like when you think of Australia, amazing grapes, mm-hmm. and actually same with South Africa. That's why I really wanted a South African brandy cask. Okay. Um, Where's Victoria's region? Because I know Queensland is um, northeast. Yeah, so it'll be southeast. Southeast. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Because then everything west is desert. Yes. Yeah. Right. Which is that's why I was like super confused. I'm just like, what is happening here? Please forgive us, uh, all the West Australian listeners, right now. <laughs> like desert in an interesting way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So I got gotcha. you. But either way, it's yeah. desert. Yeah, yeah. 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 And they don't mince words either, so they can handle it. Yeah. Yeah. The right. Aussies are awesome. Yeah. So. And then with it, so now since it's 2022 and you started this whole endeavor essentially in Feb 2020, have you gone to these separate regions to try to configure the cooperages and things like that that you're yeah. trying to get the barrels from? Yeah, sure. D- during COVID, before, I, before COVID kicked along, right, I had all these dreams that I'd go to these different facilities, whether wineries or distilleries and select casts or work with the makers to to pick those barrels because it was covid uh, i still got to make direct contact mm-hmm. with them but it was them showing a laptop with a camera like dipping the laptop into the barrel <laughs> oh god where you wish you had smell a vision or something right yeah really and it's like, scratch and sniff the screen <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but it was like through working with people directly or sometimes with brokers to get those different casts to, to ireland and not every cast worked, by the way. Sure. Um, because when you're, like, it's the first time ever for Irish whiskey as an industry uh, to release South African brandy cast, Australian Tony. They're, they're two firsts. Colombian rum, I believe, is the first. Yeah, I was going to say, I've, I've heard of Japanese, Mizunara, right? Yes. That's, that's been a few. But have you ever, when you were doing this and you have these six barrels did you ever think let's try these three and then these three or was it always let's put all six and see how it tastes yeah there was now there were other barrels as well sure and Mm. and i had an initial prototype so the distillery i work with there's 
bourbon barrels mm. ready, re- readily accessible. There's sherry casks readily accessible. There's also Jamaican rum casks, if you ask nicely, readily accessible. And they have, they have other stuff too. But I'm a whiskey geek, first sure. and foremost. And when I had, if you're going to call it something lost Irish, I was like, you really better live up to that term, you know? So I was like, okay, initially the idea was, well, why don't I do like a different vintage? Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe it's lost in Australia is a vintage. And then I was just like, well, what? what that's great for the vintage, but what will I do as our flagship, as our core? And that was really when it's like, well, you have all these really cool barrels here and you're working with them and you're inspecting them and most of them are performing. There's a couple that, at the time, I wasn't sure if they would or not, and some didn't. Uh, And it was like, no, this is going to be lost Irish. And it's working out to play out to be a great whiskey. Let's do that. And it's very much... The idea of the more paint you have, the more interesting of a painting you mm-hmm. can pick or draw. You can take a picture. <laughs> and, and it's like, okay, here are our colors. Let's get painting and see what happens. So, And there, there was a, like, yes, South African brandy is a first, but I tasted cognac finished whiskeys. And yes, they're different, but then there's a, a range there. That you're like, okay, I I know roughly how this will act. Uh, similar with Australian Tony, it's their version of port. So you have an expectation of what that will taste like. The Japanese Mizunara Oak, we weren't the first to do that. So uh, I had a, a rough expectation of what that would bring. And while the Colombian rum and the Jamaican rum are totally different, Colombian rum is very sweet, bubblegum sweet, whereas mm-hmm. the Jamaican rum is like, Funky, excuse me, um, spicy, mm-hmm. real, real interesting cast to play with there. So, and I'm I'm assuming it's not an even split, right? It's no. not equal of everything. Yeah, and, w- and when you're bringing the barrels over, you don't know. Sure. You don't know what the proportions are going to be until you wait, and you, that's why I I keep them separate so you can see exactly what that cast brings. And when I was making this blend for the first time. You're making the best whiskey you can possibly, right? So I remember very clearly, it was like, okay, this is tasting well, but I'm not really happy with the nose. Uh, like I wanted to have more fruit notes mm-hmm. to it. And I was there with the cast and I was like, okay, I know the South African brandy cast will like big pineapple, yep. apple pear. That's exactly what I'm tasting with this is apple pear, just yeah. nice green apple. So I was like, let's dial that up. Yeah. Um, or... I was looking for a bit more sweetness. Um, it is in, sugary. In the entry, so I was like, okay, let's get the Australian Tony in there because I know that that will be like jammy, uh, dried fruits, um, those kind of notes. So let's add that to the mix. The problem is when you're like, okay, I want more of this, more of that, you have to take away something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So doing that at first initial blend is there's a lot of trade-offs when you're doing it. And when you have so many component parts to your whiskey, you're making it very difficult for yourself, but with a reason. And here's our outcome. And then the second time, it's the the difficult second album. Because the first time you just make the whiskey the best you can from what you have. Mm -hmm. Whereas the second time, you also have older stock. And you're like, well... 
do I make the best whiskey I can? Um, or do I balance that off with consistency to what people have tried for the first time and like? So there's, there's that kind of balance at play. So every time you're doing production, you're still not doing it for the first time, but you're, it's, it's not like recipe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's right. like, let's, let's see where we are today and, and let's see how the cast have evolved and our proportions going to change to get to the flavor profile we want. Um, so there's a lot of considerations. It is a pain in the arse. Oh, yeah. But, right. But which, it's fun. Which you said you have three total employees, including you. Yes. Okay. So everyone's wearing like a gajillion hats. Um, well, uh, yeah, but our team are, are based in the U.S. So um, okay. we've Donna Stewart, who's in California. She's from Ireland. And she, she runs the show in California. I have Jack, who's also joining me in Buffalo later tonight. Hmm. And he's based in Austin, Texas. And he runs the show in Texas. And then uh, we're, we're only in California, Texas, New York, Illinois, and Florida. And then we're launching in Ireland next month. So that's going to be really cool. Um, sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So like family affair. Uh, well, more. It's going to be more than a family affair, but for the family, it's a, mm-hmm. all our families. It's a really cool thing to happen. So this could be me just not fully understanding of Irish whiskey. In America, we have MGP is like the mm-hmm. the mecca. Everybody that blends gets their stuff from MGP. Is there something similar in Ireland, or are you going to different distilleries in Ireland and saying, "Can I have seven of your barrels because I'm blending something"? Right. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, you can do both. Okay. Is is the answer? Um, when I left Tullamore Jew and I knew what I wanted to do, I called a gentleman who was initially my uh, college lecturer. He was also the first guy to hire me in in whiskey. His name is John Teeling. Uh, his sons own the Teeling, Teeling distillery, yeah. but he owns a different distillery, um, which I guess. You could call the MGB, MGP over sure. Ireland. It's different, but you could call it mm-hmm. that. And I was like, John, here's what I want to do. And he's like, I'll make sure you have grain whiskey, malt whiskey, and pot still. And you'll always have bourbon and sherry carrots at the distillery, amongst others. But if you're, we, if you're looking at executing Lost Irish as a six-continent cask, maturation and finish... If you can get those casts, I'll make sure you have the warehouse space and the liquid to to do your blending. And I, I knew Damn. he wouldn't have those casts. Nobody sure, yeah, casts. right. So I was like, perfect. Exactly what I wanted to hear. It's also 20, 20 minutes away from my family home. So it was an obvious place and people for me to, to work with. Um, so when you got these different casts, are you bringing it to him and be like, can you fill this? Yeah. Okay. That's sweet. Yeah. That's fascinating. And then he's like, well, you brought those casts. I haven't inspected them. You play for the whiskey first before it goes into them. <laughs> Which is totally fair. Absolutely. Uh, 100%. Yeah. That's a risk. I mean, with all the continents that you have there, mm-hmm. that has to be a risk that went through your mind. Like, will Irish, will pot still whiskey mature well with Australian Tony barrels? Yeah. And there's the twisted bit of it is. So we have a couple of casts that are in those barrels for... 
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply forever so that we know that when is too long mm-hmm. so there's a bit of when you, when you're blending and making a recipe or a, a whiskey you're you're making the best you can but you're also disproving the theory it's like a hypothesis mm-hmm. in science like you have to disprove it too so i'm also trying to figure out how long is too long in these barrels and it's it's a journey we don't quite know yet. Mm-hmm. So because what if it gets better? Or right. so it's it's a fact finding bit of information, but it's a fact finding bit of information with the end goal of being failure, and then you know. Sure. But it's it's failure in terms of the outcome of liquid, but it's success in terms of now I know. Right. <laughs> so it's a quest for answers, which is really cool because in the the bourbon side on on our side of the the pond, hmm. most people say that generally 30 to 35 years is the max for a bourbon cask before it's just shot and you're not going to get anything more from the barrel and then you're just going to essentially ruin what could be something great so they just kind of pull it from that in this regard because it's coming from a totally different region too like we were talking with another head distiller with barometric pressure and how it all affects barrels something in australia might age totally different well i'm sure it does age totally different than it does in the u.s which is fascinating because from your perspective which with like i was saying earlier with three employees everybody's wearing different hats you're head distiller you're also like a brand rep and then you're in sales and you're just like running back of house things with spreadsheets which that's his world like it's just (laughs) got to be insane to try to fathom how you can pull so much from a because you know b and c are also coming down the pipeline and how they could affect your same juice Mm -hmm. yeah so with lost irish launching and you have two other people on other sides of the country essentially how does that look in ireland when you're launching in ireland you said it's a family affair does that mean they're actually going to help drive product or are you just kind of like assuming that they're going to do that no no uh, (laughs) the reason we're so excited uh jack donna and i and my co-founder neil he's based in ireland okay and it's exciting because the three of us in the u.s We've always worked in whiskey in America mm-hmm. uh, as a rep, an ambassador, a salesperson. So we're real excited to go back and sell it, introduce Ireland to it as well, particularly because we released it here first. Um, so there's been hype back home. It's like an Irish whiskey that's gone to America before right. it's come out in Ireland. What are you doing? It's almost sacrilegious. Yeah, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's made people in Ireland excited about sure. it too. So, and 
we're excited to to bring it to the enthusiastics who 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 want to see it as well and if it's a reason to bring us home every now and again to work the market and see our families sure we're all about it yeah yeah right so, why not so you yeah. have the unfortunate job of tasting all of this stuff to blend it together <laughs> yeah do you have a barrel that you prefer no, i don't want to say i prefer because all of it's obviously good juice but do you like the colombian rum over the ostrich like what is your preferred barrel for your stuff yeah and there's there's some times where like like i think the japanese mizunara oak is a brin- brilliant blending tool mm. you're like okay it, it, to me it's quite one-dimensional and i'm like okay we will take those notes put it in the whiskey would i like this whiskey as a sole japanese mm-hmm. mizunara oak probably not no i but i like using it in the blend and whereas the South African brandy by itself, I'm like, that could be released as a standalone whiskey. Nothing more needed to That's do. That's cool. To do. And it, it works that way. Um, so, yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, those three, I mean, at least those three of those barrels haven't been explored before, really. Yeah. So you're tasting this and you're like, I could potentially be the first to release it on its own has that run through your mind single barrels and doing all that stuff or is that not on your plate yet? well of course it's run through my sure. mind but <laughs> I, the whiskey enthusiast is always like yourselves always asking questions sure. or like what would this be like and let's release it mm-hmm. and i have to be very very disciplined in terms of what actually makes it into mm-hmm. a bottle because lost irish is still brand spanking new to pretty much everybody mm-hmm. And I really want people to love Lost Irish, our core, our flagship, the original. And if we release too many things too soon, people would be like, oh, I love Lost Irish. And did you try this one-off release? And it's like, well, I kind of want you to love this Mm -hmm. first. And then when the time comes for us to do something different, we'll do it. But I don't want to do it for the sake of it. I really want to wait until we've something special to to release it. Sure. Uh, so I'm not really searching for new releases. I'm searching for new learning, experimentation, and understanding. Mm-hmm. But I will definitely wait probably three years to to do another release, sure. and it'd have to make sense. Right. Um, so let's hammer this one. It's yeah. 40 ABV, so 80 proof. Correct. It's great it's um there's a absolutely there's a lot of wood sugars there's a lot of fruit and it's it's mellow it's not insane mm-hmm. the burn is almost null and void it sits mm-hmm. on your tongue really well it's not super viscous it's not really oily um i want to just make one stipulation of that because in 80 proof people associate it with being a weak whiskey yeah this is nowhere near weak yeah like no. it still gives you tingles it still like warms your mouth it warms your body like you're yeah. it's pleasant if you taste it i honestly didn't think it was 40 proof or 40 abv at first i thought that this was like 45 which is like 90 it's, i thought it's that so sure. hard with irish whiskey yeah. dude because like with bourbon it's almost obvious and then yes. with irish whiskey you're just like hold on this is 120 proof like that <laughs> happened to us where it was a blended joint project with another irish whiskey distillery and i'm just like blown away i was like hold on like that we can't we can't pour this like we have to <laughs> it's almost bad to smell it yeah so i'm fascinated by that and then from the other specifics that we should hammer and know about your flagship like let's let's just go in depth on your flagship so everyone across the board understands yeah so it's 40 percent abv mm-hmm. it is 
matured and finished in casks from six continents. Uh, those casks are bourbon, sherry, Japanese Mizanaro oak, Australian Tony, uh, South African brandy, Colombian Jamaican rum. And it's a blend of three Irish whiskey styles, grain malt and pot still. And voila, you put it all together, you get Lost Irish with the idea of it being fruity, friendly, but like it's real easy to do like a smooth and friendly flavorless mm. whiskey. And uh, I wanted it to be packed full of flavor. And really, that's what the casts are doing. Yeah, yeah. you crushed that. Yeah. yeah, and green bottles. Green bottles matter. Right, yeah. yeah. So you have- we do Wednesday Whiskey Reviews every week. And part of that analysis is label branding. That's one of our aspects oh, cool. that we touch on. Well, I'd love to. Real, so, real cork. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I spent I spent a day with corks looking for that. Oh yeah. See, that's, that's the that's the acoustic. That makes one. me so much happier knowing that <laughs> they think of it too. Because when we're sitting there and we open something, we don't hear a sound. I'm like, see, this is terrible. We need something else. And and like I'm, we'll geek out over design for a second. Like a, a poor spout fits perfectly in there. Okay, thank it, you. It's not one of those where it fits, but it's too loose and it dribbles all the way down your sure. hand, which is like. The, the ultimate worst. tease, you know, and uh, the grip on the bottle, like this lip. We I call love it, that too. We call it the grip lip. Um, we need a better name, <laughs> but it, it, it's designed for a bartender that you can pick it up, sure. and it, it, it feels pretty good. Very proud of the name Lost Irish. Mm-hmm. It is obnoxiously big here with the embossed, and it. it's off of the bottle, so it's not. Yes, yes. it's raised. It's uh, raised. Yeah, and. Um, then even little details like this. So you see the six holes mm-hmm. represent six, six consoles. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that. you'll see the three, the six, and you'll see the barrels, this and here. The bit where I went tragically wrong, and it cost me a month to six weeks of production time, is our motto is get lost, stay lost. And on the base of the bottle, it says get lost, stay lost. And That's if sweet. you squint really hard, you still can't see it. Yeah, it's a little tough. It's a little tough. But, yeah, like, playing with design, I was... That's what COVID did. It gave us extra time to work on this. And if you're going to come up with a whiskey or a brand and hope for it to be iconic, Mm -hmm. I really think you... To give yourself a start or a chance of that, I think you need a, a custom bespoke bottle. Not necessarily in the beginning, but at some point, if you want that behind the back bar or quick like side of your eye on a in a liquor store i think these cues are really important so the green bottle was that just for that reason to stand out or is there more of a scientific reason behind here we the go green bottle? derek's on this quest to figure out if green bottles scientifically improve the fluid that's within it right is this like the beer Yes. bottle technique I love green bottle beer matter like yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Um, no uh, <laughs> not at all not at all <laughs> take off your shirt Derek it's but, not helping that either but but, <laughs> <laughs> but but green everyone when it comes to Irish whiskey mentally we assume there's a lot of green bottles mm-hmm. but when you look at it there really isn't and a lot of the new brands are, are clear yeah like I'm always amazed if you look at bourbon bottles or American whiskey bottles they're all clear. For the love of God, would somebody please release a black bottle sure. or blue or green or a different color? And I do get like seeing the whiskey is cool. Um, but I, I always notice it on bourbon bottles that if you're in a bar, 
and let's say Woodford Reserve. Yeah, I didn't want to call out anyone, but let's say Woodford Reserve. Uh, You have the the screen print, the white, Mm -hmm. but when Woodford's drank down to here, to 25% of the bottle, you don't have the backdrop of the color of the bourbon to let the the white pop. So you can't read it. Sure, that's a good Um, point. And with Lost Irish, I was like, okay, there's very few green bottles. There's like Connemara, there's Redbreast, there's Jameson. Mm-hmm. After that, there's Proper 12. After that, there's not really a lot of green bottles. Not, but t- not until you get into like scotch. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way we have our label, uh, I, I knew I wanted to do the... So this Lost Irish uh, embossing, uh, popping off the bottle, that 3D effect. If this was on a clear bottle it wouldn't look that good, particularly right. when it's down to here. So I wanted the green to be the backdrop. And like, green, Ireland. Exactly. Yeah. It's white font, and then it's an orange label. Yeah. So you're kind of yeah. hammering the flag. Yes. Cheers. Yeah. Well, too, with Irish whiskey, it's generally lighter in color. So if it's on the shelf next to a bourbon, people are going to be like, what's wrong with that? Because yeah. people don't understand yeah. why what your, Irish whiskey why, is. Why is your whiskey hydrated? Right, yeah, seriously. <laughs> so I think it being a green bottle is amazing. Like, that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool. And there's is there packaging? Is it just a bottle? It's just a bottle. Okay. I, yeah. Um, and it's 40 bucks. Yeah. We have to talk about that. <laughs> it's 40 bucks. Me and Derek have this conversation weekly where we literally talk about how from... 20 to $50, there's just unbelievable options. And then from 50 to 100, like there's a huge gap there in regards to numbers. But mm-hmm. from a value standpoint, what are you really gaining? Yeah. You know what I mean? But from 20 to 50, there's such an insane selection mm-hmm. from across the world. And you're like, damn, I could have got that for 40 bucks. Yeah. And it's almost sometimes better than the $80 bottle. Very true. It's no, fascinating. Really true. Like if we were to play that game where we're just looking at liquids, you would be amazed how little prices the factor mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. Um, now there, there's often reasons why they're priced like that. Whether it's packaging or it was an experimental release and they mm-hmm. don't have the the same volume of it. There's a bit of rarity to it. But with this, I wanted it to be like I wanted. We spent a lot of time focusing on Irish pubs and cocktail bars, and I very much wanted. Uh, it to be affordable to use in a cocktail if you wanted. And there's only so far you can go mm-hmm. with a price point on that. And so, not to cut you off, Derek, sorry. The the other point, too, is your your bottle is yeah. a very unique shape. So is your cork. And glass and corks are currently kind of an interesting, fun endeavor to go about. So obviously, once this podcast goes live, you guys are going to go viral. So <laughs> in that, are you trying to prepare especially because of that launch in Ireland, how that'll look on the, the back end of logistics. Yeah, and, and learning about that has been really fascinating. Like, okay. Personally, like, as in, I was in whiskey for over 10 years, like coming up on 12, and I had to learn where corks come from. And I don't mean that they grow on trees and they take 30 years, which is really cool, to, to grow um, before they're ready in terms of for the cork that we know. Like, you think whiskey is aged? Forget that. (laughs) 30 years for a core tree to grow and you have to shave the bark every 10 years. And and who figured that out? I did not know that either. Somebody in Portugal, YouTube, YouTube, it's it's really wild. Like, they have to shave a cork tree every 10 years. And then 
on the third time they do it, it's like, oh, that's the bark we need. That's wild. How do you find that out? So it's the bark that they use to make an actual cork with? Yeah. Oh, all right. As opposed so, to the cork yeah. Grow- yeah. being a fruit growing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just harvesting <laughs> corks. <laughs> oh, wow. This is branded. Amazing. <laughs> Leave it to me. So, right. So in that, have you like stocked up when you're like, I need X amount? Yeah. And our lead time on corks is a year. Jesus. Shut up. Yeah. Now that, that, that's a unique situation. It was six months when we started but now it's been pushed mm-hmm. back to a year and um, with this class in january i got a call saying we need to know all your glass numbers by march because we're going to do one production run and then we'll do it next year so that's stressful yeah well there's crystal balling to it as well mm-hmm. and and you go with it but we've you obviously build in a buffer as well and yeah, the, the time will go by too. So you're you're constantly, there are these decisions and quantities that come up. And it'll get easier, but because we're year one, mm-hmm. it's a little bit like, ooh. Right, yeah, really. <laughs> um, but when the years come, obviously there'll be growth, but you know you're not going to grow 900% or anything. Sure. Like that. There's, there's a trajectory that you'll establish. So, but just doing the numbers on that and doing a bottoms up sales plan and then figuring out what the minimum quantity is on it you get to that number quicker than you'd expect sure so it just becomes an obvious number um because like let's say with corks you know if i'm gonna buy thirty thousand corks you know and it makes more price sense than buying twenty thousand and then ordering another ten thousand you do the thirty thousand so there's sure yeah, but learning about that has been fascinating and what glass companies to work with because I remember doing my research on that and I was asking different people, well, why are you using that glass company? I'm like, are they the best? Are they the quickest? Do they have the smoothest glass? What is it? And a lot of the time, they're really like, well, they just got back to us. Oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, okay. But So, uh, like, I have spreadsheets on all these different glass companies and cork companies and you know, just trying to do the detective work on why, why you would use one over the other. So it, that's wild. Yeah. So when we first started talking, you said that you went into this endeavor because your cocktail failed. Do you want to talk to us about the cocktail, like what it was, or is it just like no, it's not going. No, it'd be, no, it'd be, it'd be a waste of time. A waste of time. So, it's, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm I'm glad it did. I'm glad. It yeah. Did. But who knows? Maybe if it had been a success, I still would have come up with the whiskey sure. anyway. So, what is a good cocktail that this does go with? Have you heard feedback from bartenders that are like, "This is a great one for this specific whiskey"? Yeah, like um, we do a lot of whiskey sours and stuff like that but i think probably the best performers would be it's always going to do well in all fashions mm-hmm. but uh, manhattan's it works out really mm. well in uh, but a lot of bartenders have been having fun pulling out or dialing up the rum notes that come with this so i, I thought this as well like they were like doing a lot of rum cocktails with this whiskey so interesting yeah like a daiquiri yeah, it does. It's wild how if you if you sit down and you appreciate this, which is we talk about price and that's one of your best sellers is because how cheap this is. But when you go up in price, affordable. yeah, you try <laughs> affordable. That is not cheap. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> as you deep. go up in price, you want to sit back and appreciate it more so you can 
try to get these notes out. Mm. But with it being $40 and you sit there, you want to drink it quick because it's so good. But if you take a step back and you really analyze what this tastes like, it's wild how many different notes you can pick up from different barrels. Like you, this isn't just a throw it into a fruitcake and this is what you got. This is seriously very well blended together where you can taste every single note from the barrels. Like it's a single barrel. Yeah. That's so wild to me. Yeah. It's so well done. Yeah, nice job. I'm I'm glad he's enjoying it. Otherwise, just be me, you know? <laughs> and that's family me. effort. I'd really be demanding a lot from the family. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Be so you thirsty. Have, yeah. So you have somebody in California. You have somebody in Texas. How did Illinois and what was the other one? Florida. Florida. How did those come about? Yeah. And so think back to when I was covering uh, Tullamore Jude. Sure. And I did that for 10 years. Uh, I knew I've, uh, I covered coast to coast, city to city, always with a bottle of whiskey in hand. So a lot of my contacts would have been in chicago and florida is lovely too so i was like okay if we can only go into so many states let's be smart about it they're also the biggest states too um but they're they're where i have a lot of my relationships from before so it's like okay let's let's start there and i'm very conscious of not spreading ourselves too thin uh i as much as i would love to and will need to go to Massachusetts. I want to wait until Jack Donner and myself mm-hmm. have spent a right amount of time getting those five states ready, so that yeah, we can take two weeks and go to Massachusetts and introduce people to that. So it's like step by step, slow and steady, and it's it's just doing the right things mm-hmm. at at the right time. So like we we only want to work with. Uh, a few bars in the beginning, get it going, have it become their favorite Irish whiskey, introduce their bar staff to it. But we also want them to know us. We we would hate to be like, here's Lost Irish, here's what it's all about, buy it, bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Never see you again. So we make an effort of going back to the same place again and again. And they should have our phone number. They should have a, sure. follow us on Instagram, vice versa and just do it that way so like this is my second time in buffalo this year and i'll i, I want to be back kind of every three months sure. is, is the intention and be back for not just a day right you know yeah. so with you working at connemara before this do you have any ambitions on putting any peat in, or smoke into your whiskey at all or no no um yes. yeah and like i i do think there is a time and a place for mm-hmm. a peat but I, I don't believe Pete would work well with Lost yeah. Irish. And and it's similar why, like if I was looking heavily at having a 46 or a 43 ABV on this whiskey, ultimately it didn't taste as good as the 40%, and it would have taken away from the cast story. Mm-hmm. So I think adding Pete in there would probably do a real discredit to, yeah. to what we've done. So... No, as much as I do like Pete uh, finishes, this isn't the right way. Yeah, it would be that. very overwhelming for your palate to have that and then yeah. try to decipher all the flavors from the barrels. Yeah, so you, yeah you'd miss out, uh, whether it's the barrels or you'd miss out on the mm-hmm. Pete. I, I don't think it would work for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we recently just touched on your social media. Do you want to talk about where you are on social media, your handles and all that so everybody can yeah, follow? Yeah, uh, follow Lost Irish Whiskey. 
Um, and then very simply, um, Lost Irish Tim, uh, with the nickname of Get Lost Tim. <laughs> Didn't take long for my mates to come up with that. But yeah, slide into the DMs, through the comments, and um, we're coming to a town near you at some point. And if you aren't in one of the five states we are, you can also go to reservebar.com. And I believe we deliver to 31 states mm, that okay. way too. And then if ever you're in Ireland, don't be shy. I'm, I'm either there or I'm more than happy to recommend a good pub and boozer uh, to go to as well. Yeah, that being said, where's your book available so everybody can find it? And if they are going to Ireland to go pick it up. Yeah, so it's uh, from Barley, Barley to Blarney, A Whiskey Lover's Guide to Ireland. You can find it on Amazon all good bookstores and some shitty ones too <laughs> is it only available hardcover yes that's awesome yeah, yeah. hardcovers are the best a hundred percent agree yeah. and then with, with there's tons of images and there's 294 photos in that book as well so you can see the pubs you can see the stills you can see the distillery mm-hmm. so yeah if you want to make money on a book don't put in photos <laughs> and also live in the country you're writing the book on sure yeah. <laughs> Well, that's been awesome. Anything we didn't touch on? Okay, so one more thing. If somebody is looking up where in the States they can find you, is that on your website or do they have to go to their specific liquor store? Uh, Any liquor store in those five states can can, can order it. It is available for them to order Mm -hmm. from the distributor. And I'd say the best is just to contact us on Lost Irish Instagram or Facebook uh, because then we can go, listen, this is the nearest liquor store to you. Sure. uh, Or reserve bar as okay. well will deliver it to your door so you're a few clicks away love it yeah. anything we didn't touch on that you want to talk about before we close it out well i do want to know what your favorite buffalo pubs are so that i can plan Ooh. my evening favorite buffalo pubs what do you look at? are you looking for dinner or are you looking for whiskey uh, no for whiskey okay so there's this one lucky day i'm it's, there tomorrow you're it's, there tomorrow yeah it's i've been solid. before yeah, yeah that's great yeah. it's a solid one um Anything else that really specializes or has a good Irish whiskey or bourbon selection? Neat and Vice are good. They're uh, actually it's right down the street from here. Yeah, it's t- pretty it's close. A, yeah, down Neat, the road. Neat, Neat. Yeah. Great name. That's very good. They have a pretty good whiskey selection and like a locker thing too where you can oh, cool. hold your whiskey. Um, but if you're going to be in the South Towns at all, there's this bar called 189. They pride themselves on having a very good whiskey selection as well. Amazing. So. Great. Let's see if we can add to their selection. There you go. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. Brilliant, lads. Well, thank you so much for your time. This is awesome. Everybody go check out Lost Irish. If you're looking for a good experience with Irish whiskey that is very affordable, affordable, uh, go check them out. It's Lost Irish Whiskey. uh, And you'll see it probably on our show in a few weeks as well. Uh, This has been amazing, man. I'm so so excited. I love all the flavors to this. This is just fantastic. Amazing, lads. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thanks. Sold at gyms. My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. 
It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.